Hi, everyone. This is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This past Sunday, we kicked off a brand new series called Uncomfortable. It's a series designed to challenge us into living the life that God calls us to live, both as individuals and as a church. This Sunday, Brandon talked about the idea of uncomfortable faith. He reminded us that Jesus does not call us into a life of comfort. Rather, he oftentimes invites us into the very things that are hard, difficult, and extremely uncomfortable. Today, I have the privilege of sitting with Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, Brandon, good to have you here. Good to be here. I'm looking forward to another exciting podcast conversation. Definitely. So we just uh, kicked off our series uh, this past Sunday, a series called Uncomfortable. And before we get into the message, I thought, um, you know, maybe share a little bit of how you came across the book uh, by Brent McCracken and your kind of initial thoughts, what drew you into it and how it led to uh, doing a series on it. That's funny. That was literally the intro to my message for the better part of the week. Until I got to the point where I thought, I don't think anyone really cares that much about this for a sermon. It's great for a behind the pulpit podcast. <laughs> um, so I was actually, you know, in the process of kind of coming up with ideas for uh, for sermon series. I have like a bunch of different ways I go about it. And I think this, I think I was looking for something on just community. So the idea of like relationships, loving one another and so one of the things I'll do is I'll just go on Amazon and kind of do like an Amazon kind of surf through a bunch of things, right? So you find a book, I'll start with an author I like, and then I'll go to, you know, items related to this this item, and then I'll just click on it and then just go down a rabbit hole of books that sound cool, books that have cool titles or cool cover art. And so I was doing this for community, and I think honestly the maybe the first or second book that came up was was this one. And so, I don't know, something about the, the title and then the cover art just drew me in. My mom really hates the image, the, <laughs> the picture, the <laughs> yellow picture of the ugly clay people. But I actually thought this looks kind of cool. And yeah, just that idea of uncomfortable really spoke to me. I felt like that sounds really interesting. And again, I'm thinking about this in the context of like community. Like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about people all the time. I'm always uncomfortable. I'm always awkward. And so I almost never do this, but I was so, it appealed to me so much. I just, I did the buy now with one click. I, I didn't even, I didn't even like read any reviews. And um, yeah, it, it just really kind of spoke to me right away. Um, it wasn't really about community in that sense, right? It was more about Christian community as a, in the sense of what the church is supposed to be. And so in some ways I was kind of disappointed because I was like, ah, oh, this isn't going to work for that type of series. But I filed it away because, you know, having read maybe the first half of the book, I thought this is a really interesting idea. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of random. Like I had I had read some of Brett McCracken's stuff. He writes for the Gospel Coalition website, which I like, and um, but had never read any of his books. And uh, yeah, it, it really just kind of hit me in that moment in a way I didn't expect. And so 
um, when we ended up uh, kind of trying to plan out this series and you had kind of mentioned, hey, let's let's do something on a book maybe. Like maybe that would be cool. We haven't done that in a while. Kind of it just clicked in my mind of like, oh, this is this is perfect. And then um, as I'm sure we'll talk about more, it just it just kind of fit exactly where we were at and what we felt like would be good for for this summer. So, yeah, it was I don't know. It was kind of cool. It just found me more than <laughs> I found it. Yeah. Now, that's really cool. I mean, that's actually the first time I've heard kind of the part of your process and helping to, I mean finding it playing a series yeah. and how you go about it I always just thought you just thought about it and came up with it <laughs> no so. I, I just I copy <laughs> everyone else's ideas no but that's great I mean for those that don't don't know right you Brandon do so much of our sermon series planning and, and envisioning on that part of it so kind of seeing the practical side of that of going on Amazon and sometimes you have something in mind sometimes things just finds you and and obviously we believe god you know led us to this and, and where we're at with this series so yeah thanks for sharing that and and kind of as we began to kind of digest the book and talk about it you know obviously the book is called uncomfortable and we knew that it, it was going to be a challenge for our church a challenge for us as leaders uh, the preaching team how did you feel going into the first message, kind of opening it up? Uh, what were some of the tensions you felt? Um, yeah, kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think the overwhelming feeling, and this really surprised me actually, was I was really excited. Um, for sure, there was some nerves and anxiety about, man, I'm actually I'm actually going to say this. I'm going <laughs> to write a, give a message about telling people to be uncomfortable. But, you know, it's it's something that, uh, you know, as I said, as I alluded to, like, I think it's something that we really need. And, and it's been kind of on my heart for a while. Maybe not in those exact words. I, I'm not sure I would have described it that way. But I, I think a word that comes to mind is complacency. You know, and that's something that, again, that's that's not just our church. That's Christians today in general. And, you know, not to paint with too broad of a brush, but it's just easy to to be complacent about our faith and to just kind of get into our comfort zones. And so. Yeah, to be able to communicate that and and doing it through a book is kind of nice. You know, it's you don't want to cop out too much, but it's not just like, hey, I'm. I'm saying these things to you, even though I am, but there's kind of this backing of like, look, this is something that this person has kind of observed and, and, and studied and researched and thought about, and it kind of lines up with where we're at. And so, um, yeah, actually, I mean, you know this, but I was really planning on going to Baja, uh, this past weekend and I was excited to go, you know, I went last mm-hmm. fall and I really felt like, you know, this is something that I want to commit to doing every time we have it. But as it, the weekend approached and as we were kind of laying out the sermon series, I really felt so kind of convicted by this idea. And we had initially planned on me opening up the series. But that was actually the reason I didn't go to Baja uh, this past weekend was because I felt like, man, I really, I really want to give this message. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the, the biggest, the most overwhelming sense was excitement. Um, but at the same time, I really felt 
I don't even think nervous is the right word. It's more like, like I, I wanted to get this right. You know, one of the things I shared with you last week was there's so much nuance to this idea. <laughs> it's not like you're not saying to the church, you guys are bad or good. It's it's not it's not just a simple thing of, okay, this is the problem and you should do this. There's a lot to go that goes into it. And there's so many shades of gray in what being comfortable in your faith looks like. And so, you know, to say it in a way that's compelling and hopefully convicting, but also acknowledges that like, I don't know exactly where people are at and I don't want people to feel, you know, too defensive about it. So I think I just felt the weight of wanting to get that right. And because I felt so strongly about it and I was excited about it, it's just kind of that, that nerve you feel of, Oh, I I hope this is good, you know? And so, but I was, I was just talking to Alyssa about this yesterday that, you know, it feels good to be able to come into a message like that and not be like peeing my pants about, you know, like, like, oh my gosh, that's a good I I hope people don't get really mad or, you know, like when I started preaching and, and for a long time, you know, I'd be having panic attacks the day before mm. preaching like, you know, the most like really nothing controversial at all. I'd be preaching a message on Jesus loves you. And I'd be like, oh, I hope nobody thinks my theology is wrong. And I'd be really stressed mm. out about how people would receive a, a message and, and wanting to say everything right and wanting to not, you know, make people uncomfortable. And so I do think I felt really good about about that, you know, mm-hmm. it's was, it was kind of getting to that point where it's like, okay, I guess I'm a grown-up pastor now, you know, still nervous, still anxious, but it's not like this, this gripping fear. And, you know, you and I have talked about that, mm-hmm. right? Like just, it, it's, it's hard to get over that. And so definitely not there, but it's, it's good to be making progress there. Yeah. I thought it was so, um, you know, even the way you opened up, right where to pray and, and we and we and you talked and joked about how it's so it's so easy to use prayer as a transition <laughs> you do that too right oh yeah <laughs> like we just can't transition from the opening to the illustration or whatever and prayer is a great thing to but you know to explain it and also for you to say like no we're not just doing it i'm not just doing it to do it but like if the spirit doesn't speak on this one like mm. we're in trouble you know and i think kind of you know, for those that don't know, kind of our journey as, as leaders, pastors, preachers, and, and the nerves, the fears, and for you to get to a point where to to be, to be give a challenging message, to open up something that's so difficult, um, and to really lay it at God's feet and say, hey, you know, however, you know, I got my script, I got what I'm going <laughs> to say, but whatever you are going to say, that's what's going to make or break this thing. I thought that was... Um, you know, it's powerful to see that and, and to hear you uh, say that and kind of share that vulnerability with everybody. Yeah, I, I appreciate your encouragement throughout the week to, to go for it. You know, I feel like, you know, that's been a journey I think we've been on together, you know, as kind of embracing that that part of preaching, that part of leadership. And so it's, you know, it's one thing to talk about, but it actually it felt good to do it. In the moment, it felt like, I don't know. I mean, prayer, prayer, it shouldn't surprise me that prayer matters and that prayer changes how things feel. But in that moment, I felt like, yeah, kind of a little bit of a weight lifted. And and, and I don't know, I felt a little bit of a sense of a a shift of mood 
just in the room that there was a little bit of a different just a little bit of a different feel and maybe that's subjectively me or maybe you know for <laughs> actually does do stuff yeah. you know like wow you imagine that and so i that was um cool and, and it's something that yeah i mean i stopped doing prayers in the opening parts of my message because everyone complains that my sermons are too long <laughs> and that's an easy easy way to cut out a minute and a half of your sermon but that's a terrible reason not to pray and so not to say i'm gonna always pray every time or that you know but i i do think if you if you take out the parts that are important and one of those an important thing is inviting the spirit into a sermon then you can't be surprised when when you lose out on that so mm-hmm. yeah yeah thanks for that reminder so now been a little over 24 hours since giving the message and um, kind of going through that entire process. What are you feeling now? Uh, what are some of your thoughts? How'd you feel right after? Anything you want to kind of reemphasize? Anything you add? Um, kind of talk about that. I mean, I'm definitely feeling a lot of relief. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't get fired or <laughs> nobody attacked me. Um, no, I, I feel really good about about how it went. Um, you know, the the feedback you get in a message is always always interesting, and and I feel like it was nice. It was nice to see that there are people who have been sitting back, wishing we would give a message like that. You mm-hmm. know, and that was actually the overwhelming response that I got from people was like, "Yeah, I'm really glad you said that." I've been thinking that too. Mm. And again, with any message, you know, most of the people who are going to talk to you are the people who agree. And so everyone who didn't agree just went home angry. (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, right. Even if a handful of people are saying, I agree, that's, that's a good thing. And I, and I think it, it makes me excited for our church and for where we are and for what we can, can accomplish through this series and, and just moving forward. And so, um, that was that was good. Um, I think some of the feedback I got wasn't really negative, but just um, I think people did feel some people did feel a little uncomfortable, and then that that shouldn't be surprising. And so I think, yeah, I think just looking back in terms of kind of reemphasis or or clarification, um, I think it was hard because I didn't want to be overly specific because, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, for the next eight weeks about different ways that we're going to challenge people to be uncomfortable. But I do think part of me felt like there was a vagueness to it just in terms of like, you're just kind of saying over and over again, Jesus calls you to do hard things and to do uncomfortable things and to kind of list out some very broad ideas of what that is. Um, yeah, I, I just, I kind of felt that, you know, it, it lacked a little bit of uh, specificity. And I think it would be easy to come away from that message feeling like, like, look, I'm already uncomfortable, you know, doing this or that, you know. And so I don't know if I, I wish I had said this or just it's something to add to it. But, you know, like for as much as we're uncomfortable with certain parts of our life, 
at the end of the day, like, if we're really being faithful, like, that's just going to continue forever. You know, I mean, not to be a downer, but <laughs> I mean, I think that's the part of life that's kind of exciting, you know, is like God's going to reveal something new to you and, and then you're going to kind of kick and scream and, and fight him and kind of come to a place where it's like, okay, God, I'm willing. And, and then you're going to go through the process of applying it and changing. And, and, you know, over a course of a year or two years or 10 years, you'll be able to say, wow, look at how, how far God has brought me. But in the midst of all that, God's going to be revealing things, new things, you know? And so the fact that we're uncomfortable about some things doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do that with other things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we've dealt with discomfort in some areas doesn't mean we're fine. You know, it's, it's just kind of this continual invitation to God to say like, okay, what's next? You know, like, where do you need to kind of shake me up? And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's really a clarification, but it's just kind of something I was thinking about. Was there anything like, as you were listening that you thought, well, that doesn't make sense <laughs> or, or like, <laughs> like, or anything that, you know, like you would have want to explain more or, or that, um, and yeah, any, I mean, anything that stood out to you? Yeah, not, um, definitely not anything I disagreed with or, um, uh, had questions on. I think, you know, I think what I really appreciated was, you know, what might've felt repetitive and vague to you, I felt was actually very clear and needed mm. to lay the foundation that, you know, this isn't us trying to stir the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. It's not, you know, like, oh, we got to do something radical and we got to change for the sake of changing. But at the end of the day, Jesus does not call us to a life of comfort. Mm. You know, like there are certain comforts he offers that we need to embrace, but the, the journey of following him and growth, um, it's a picture of discomfort. It's yeah. the, this picture of pruning, as you just described, like over and over and over and it's hard. And just as we start to get used to it, starts it again to, to, to grow us and to, ch- you know, to build our faith. So I think that was really helpful for me. And I felt it was just a, a powerful, you know, to, to lay it out there. And I think it all went hand in hand to the opening prayer to what this series is about, what, what Christianity is about, faith is about, of Jesus does not call us to a life of comfort. You know, and yeah. if anything, it's the opposite. It's to step into what's hard so that we lean on him, so that we look to him and become like him. So, yeah, I think that part of it, I, I, I really appreciated. Mm. And th- for one, for me to consider it from a ministry standpoint, obviously that's there and, you know, we talk about it. But even harder for me to like a, a personal standpoint, yeah. you made the point of, you know, we all have aspects of our life where, you know, we're doing the Apple TV thing, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. a la carte thing, like, I, I like that, I like that have my ducks all lined up in a row and this is how my faith looks. And, you know, I think for me to just sit there and say, where are the, where are the parts of my life that I do that, you know, mm-hmm. and that I don't want to kind of admit to, or I don't even want to see at this point, but even coming before God and saying, where is that? You mm-hmm. know, um, because it's true. Like, you know, I think we all have those areas. So I appreciate that. It was just, uh, I think, a uh, call to discipleship and a reminder of that so yeah. i didn't feel it was vague at all yeah. i thought that was important to, to lay that groundwork and for us to continue to build on it yeah you know what's interesting is i um uh, i was talking to jt hayashi about this and he actually sent me an email and he made a, i think a really 
interesting observation and i think it kind of relates to what you just said is that he was kind of posing the question is you know is it he said at, at times you know there was a sense of like am i just supposed to be un- uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable or is it you know the discomfort leads us to experiencing more of god which you know it, where do we draw the line in, mm. in that and I think he's right in the sense that like the discomfort, the ultimate goal for sure is to experience God. And so that might be one clarification of just, I hope that comes across, but I was thinking about it and I was processing through it. And I think in our context, we're middle to upper middle class people living in Cerritos, Cyprus, La Palma. I think like the call of Jesus is to be uncomfortable. Like mm. it, like, yes, mm-hmm. like we want to experience more of God, but in our culture, in our society, like if we're not pers- actively pursuing discomfort as a, as a end in and of itself, there's something wrong with that. Right. And because that draw to what's comfortable is so alluring, you know, and, and, and it is so easy to, like kind of the status quo is, I mean, I hate to say it, it's it's kind of sinful, right? Like if you think about what mm. just normal American culture is, like a lot of the values that are supposedly good, if we kind of peel the layers back, they're they're just basically idols. You know, we just kind of dress them up. And so like, yeah, well, I mean, discomfort isn't the goal. It, it is actually no, I think I think for us in our context, Jesus wants us to be uncomfortable like full stop, you know, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, and that doesn't feel great, but I do think like that is kind of something to recognize is that, man, like that's, that's just part of it. And so, yeah, but I mean, I, I appreciated that comment because it, it does speak to, you know, that, that just sounds weird, right? Like Jesus just wants me to be uncomfortable. Like, that, that has to lead me to somewhere else, right? And it should, but it's also it's also good just by itself. Yeah, I um, it's funny as you, you say that because I was thinking about, you know, as you were speaking, just am I supposed to seek out discomfort, mm, right. you know? Um, and I don't know, it's, it's still more of a question uh, than an answer, but I think you're right. I think there are just aspects where you know it's not being extreme per se you know at this point or being weird for the sake of being weird or doing it for that reason but like if this journey of following christ is this journey of being uncomfortable then i don't have to wait for him to like (laughs) tell me something yeah you know like there are things i already know that i'm called to do that are already uncomfortable and just doing it out of obedience yeah, doing it because I feel like, you know, I think there's something there. There's a reason why I feel uncomfortable when perhaps I, I even shouldn't, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely made me think about that. What are, what are those things um, in my life that I, you know, I can begin to do those things? Yeah. So I was yeah. thinking, you know, what do you what do you think it is that makes us feel uncomfortable like the things that make us feel uncomfortable like should they be uncomfortable and what is it that you know you used your joining a small group as an example right mm-hmm. 
And I thought it was a great example of kind of that journey along there and how you could think of all these intellectual, logical, spiritual reasons why you didn't need one at the time. Right. But at the end of the day, there's this, right, you just felt uncomfortable thinking about it. And for those who, you know, maybe in the same boat with different areas spiritually, like, why is there that discomfort there? Mm. Why is it so hard? Like, should it be that hard? What can we do about it? Like, what are some practical steps we can take to address those things? Yeah. Man, I can think of a lot of small reasons why it's why it's hard and uncomfortable. It's hard to kind of think of one like that really captures it all. I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all we're all wired the way we're wired. Right. And some of that is, you know, good. And some of that is just tainted by the reality of sin, mm-hmm. you know. And so so I think the, the example of me in small group is a good example. Like I'm I'm an introvert. Like I don't think that's a, a sinful pattern. Like that's just my personality type. But that introversion is marred by sin in a way that turns it from look like a propensity to need space to myself and, and not to always want to be with people. But, you know, I shared about this in, in a message a few years ago. Like it, it turns into this kind of ugly, like, like I'm like afraid of people and I'm, I'm, I don't feel good around people. I'm, I'm not finding life in new relationships. And, um, I think with, with almost anything, right. You have a good desire, like say something like, like success, right. God wants us to use our gifts and be productive, but then that's, that's marred by sin and it turns into, I need this to be valuable and I need this to dominate other people or, or, or whatever that is. And at the end of the day, like God, God is inviting us into a world where, you know, those, those sinful patterns don't work. You know, all of the life God calls us to is, is kind of the opposite of the way sin breaks us down, you know? And so, so it's uncomfortable and it's hard because they're like, it's hardwired into us. It's a combination of both something that we're totally used to. And and we've kind of just come to accept as the norm but there are also part of it's like like that's who I am, you know. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it came down to with the the small group thing was. But I'm this way, like I don't. That doesn't feel good to me. And again, not to overanalyze, but you know, in our culture, like what feels good is what is good. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of the way we evaluate. There's no objective truth. There's no like standard. It's just like whatever you feel like is the standard, you know? And so if I don't enjoy being around people, I feel like I have a right to to order my life around that, you know? And so to come to a place where you, one, acknowledge a standard beyond yourself and say, no, there's objective truth. There's a God who's has a, you know, ownership over my life. And two, I'm willing to acknowledge that and to do something that feels completely foreign to me. Like, yeah, that feels pretty bad, you know? And so I think that discomfort comes from um, just us doing things that, that feel radically opposed to who I am and, and, and what I'm used to. And so um, in terms of kind of tangible steps, 
to moving away from that, I think. I mean, I think part of it is is just kind of the basic kind of tenets of of, of knowing God and, and being in a relationship with him and being in scripture. And you do really have to believe that God is good. God loves you that like he really does know what he's doing when he tells us to live a certain way. And we can take that for granted because like that's an easy thing to say, but like when it comes to individual things, that's a hard thing to believe, but like just continually try to seek him out and encounter him and know him. Um, I think that's really big. And then I think like, I think just taking, taking little steps, you know, allowing yourself to like, to just, you know, just try, you know, like with the small group thing, like it it started with smaller things. I mean, I didn't jump into a small group right away. I kind of approach relationships differently. I, I tried to be more, you know, open with people. I tried to be more friendly. I tried to, you know, not be so focused on my, you know, my own time and my own space and that led to a, a further openness to what God wanted to do with a small group. So it's hard though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, what do you think? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I agree completely with the, the small steps idea, as you said that, um, because I, I, you know, as during the message on Sunday, I envisioned, I imagine there are people in our church who, like you said, who we've been waiting to hear this message, and and probably some who agree with it and feel that yes, Lord, like I'm ready, I'm I'm willing. Where do I begin? Hmm. And the idea of just believing some of those basic tenets, you know, reminding ourselves that that you know God is just true, that He's He's with us, He's for us, He cares about us. Uh, and then the small steps, you know, that doesn't have to be this giant leap into something that's so difficult, so hard, but we can begin to take small steps in areas that are just intimidating, frightening, you know. And so I, I like that idea of just the small steps. And even for myself, um, you know, as you were talking, you shared like evangelism, right? I think that's one of the things on the list, um, praying for people. You know, there are things that I don't need, like God to reveal in a dream. <laughs> Those are things that I should be doing, I could be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily need to be these huge, gigantic steps, you know, where each day I'm going out and talking to 10 people on the streets. Mm-hmm. But to begin to lean into my relationships a little bit more, pray a little bit more, you know, those things. So, yeah, I feel that those small steps in whatever area it might be. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we kind of know what those areas are. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can we take those small steps? And in some days it may be, you know, two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps <laughs> back. And, and, you know, it's, that's always a struggle, but I think just the, the reminder of, you know, I think not giving ourselves permission though, to just be complacent that's huge yeah yeah you know we we shouldn't beat ourselves up about it you know wallow in guilt about it but to not give ourselves permission say hey like god loves me even though i'm complacent right now even though i'm not moving forward i know he loves me and with me but he doesn't want me to stay here yeah yeah i think that's a great point i mean just the idea 
I mean, like anything, right? Like, like the awareness and the intentionality is huge, right? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't really fault anyone like in the congregation or just generally who just really doesn't think about faith this way. Like, and again, that comes back to where like there's this give and take between, you know, the consumer, the, you know, the, the person who's coming to church and us as leaders and, and the fact that like we can kind of mistakenly paint it as a, like, God just wants you to be happy. Like, God just wants you to feel good, you know? And I don't think we ever say it that way, mm. but that's what can get communicated. And so I think the idea of approaching our faith, expecting challenges, expecting hardship, expecting discomfort, you know, and kind of, you know, you're not going to enjoy it, but kind of appreciating it and mm. and seeing it for, you know, that, that long-term perspective. Um, that's huge, right? Because a lot of times when something feels hard or when something, we, we encounter a trial, the immediate question is, God, why? Mm-hmm. You know, what have I done wrong or where are you? And the simplest answer is like, well, actually the Bible says like, you're like, this is just life. This is normal. You know, there's discomfort, the struggle, like that's just this refining process that we have to go through. And, you know, the fact that we ask that question when times are hard is normal and it's human, but it's also a reflection of just kind of the faulty views we have of God and, you know, the life he promises us. And so I think that's really interesting. And there's a lot there to unpack. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't know that we'll get there this series to where everyone in our church will be like, yes, bring them on. Trials are great. You know, like, but I, if, if you can just kind of flip that switch of awareness and say, oh, okay, like that's different than the way I thought it was going to be. My goal isn't, you know, comfort. That's a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good starting point yeah. for the person maybe who's not like excited about this, but is kind of wrestling with it is just getting to that point where you could say, okay, I'm open to a little bit of discomfort, God. Like take me somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's really good. You know, that's, that's cool. And that excites me if somebody just, moved over that little bit towards towards that yeah yeah i mean that little bit of openness opens ourselves up to i feel a whole another realm of possibilities right and i think it's so easy for us when opportunities come up we get asked to do something or someone suggests something if it seems hard if it seems humanly impossible if it seems difficult not in a rebellious way, but sometimes we just assume like that can't be God because like you said, it's not, it's not me, right? It's not my gifting. It's not how I'm wired. It's not what I like to do. Like that's crazy talk. God doesn't want me to do something like that, you know, because I'm I'm just not good at it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But just to be open to the idea that, but God does call us into things that are uncomfortable for the sake of growth, for the sake of faith, things that we one time said no to, not out of for any rebellious reasons, but we just assumed it wasn't God. Yeah. All of a sudden now it opens up this whole possibility of maybe it is God. And the fact that I feel uncomfortable and the fact that everything in me doesn't want to do it, but for whatever reason, I, I'm still thinking about it. It could be God. Yeah. You know, and I think if, if, wow, if every believer right, had that openness, um, 
yeah, it's just amazing to think what could happen, right? Yeah. In our lives and in the lives of our people, the church, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like, I, I really resonate with the, the person who wants comfort because, I mean, that was, that was me, like, to a T. I mean, as recently as five to seven years ago. And I remember I always used to, you know, uh, me and Nick have been friends for a long time. And, you know, we get together pretty regularly and we're wired so differently. And I was always the person who was like, I'm just going to do what makes me happy and just kind of assume that if I do that, I'm going to be doing things I'm good at. I'm going to be kind of leaning into my strengths. And there's some value, obviously, into doing what you're good at and leaning into your strengths. But there was always kind of this avoidance of things that are hard. Nick, on the other hand, was the total opposite. <laughs> like, always did the things that were hard. Always, I, I always used to make fun of him. Like, why don't you ever do anything that makes you happy instead of <laughs> doing everything that makes you miserable? But I think that was really important for me to have that relationship. Mm. And I feel like he's, uh, amongst other people, has helped me to see, I think, the joy and the struggle and, and how much growth comes out of that. You know, as much as maybe over the years, like qualitatively, I was happier than he was. I think for a long time, he was growing a lot more than mm -hmm. I was because of, of that struggle. And so um, I think learning, you know, to, to find that balance, you know, like, again, you don't always need to seek out the worst possible thing for yourself, right? You, you do want to do things that that fit who you are and fit your, your strengths but also be open to the fact that just because it doesn't sound good, just because it sounds hard, doesn't mean it's bad. I think that's been eye-opening for me just in the last, yeah, maybe five years or so. And I think part of the reason why I'm so excited about this is because it's been a journey that's been really meaningful for me. And, I, and I've seen mm. the fruit of that. Mm. And so, yeah, after all those years of making fun of Nick, he was, <laughs> he was onto something. <laughs> And now he's buff and ripped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's really uncomfortable all the time. And look what he looks like. <laughs> so anything else in terms of like you shared your own journey? It's why you're so excited. You know, you talked about the small groups, community. Um, what other areas do you feel kind of right now God is challenging you in? And what does this look like in Brandon's life today? Yeah. I think the the big one for me is just like living outside of myself in terms of like me and especially my family, you know, is like, like I get that, like we're called, you know, to love people and, you know, I, I can kind of do that in the ways that, that feel good for me and feel comfortable, but just this larger call, um, you know, to be a blessing within my community, to, to share the gospel. Those are things that I, I would definitely place in that category of that sounds hard I'm not good at it. That's it's not for me. And it, it really, I think, became more extreme, you know, once I had kids and I thought about, well, what's our family about? You know, and you know, as a parent, it's easy to kind of do the extreme version of like selfishness for myself, but now to be selfish for my family and think it's selflessness, <laughs> right? Like, well, I'm just taking care of them. So I'm actually being really loving. But then if I think about us as, you know, kind of a unit, like, yeah, I'm being selfless to them, but I'm teaching them to be selfish, mm -hmm. you know? And so learning 
what does it look like for us as a family to be others minded to to figure out how to how to be you know for lack of a better term missional you know in terms of um yeah just just loving people i think that's something i'm trying to figure out and very much in the process of you know i think i'm right now i'm in the phase of great intentions (laughs) (laughs) and 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 not there in terms of how that's going to be applied um that is one of the reasons why i was excited about doing baja and i was disappointed not to go this time was it was cool it was it was good and and i got to see this side of our church and this whole community of people who have embraced discomfort for 20 years and i've been sitting on the sidelines you know just doing nothing and and so that was inspiring you know and to see you know people going who have gone for years and years and years and families going together is just this reminder of you know my responsibility as just a person and as a dad and as a husband is is to do those kind of things for my family so that they don't you know so that my kids don't grow up with this view of christianity that's like well it's all about us being comfortable right and Mm -hmm. they learn that um, and they have it kind of built into their souls and into who they are as children of god to love other people and so that's one of the things i'm most excited about exploring and you know just in terms of what that looks like for a church i'm i'm excited about like i it's not obviously something that's kind of under my I'm, I'm not involved in that as a leader in any capacity and so i'm excited both to you know be more involved in that or or be led or, or whatever that looks like and so that's probably number one um i think and, and that's that's a big one mm-hmm. and i think the community thing is still a, a work in progress you know i think the small group has been great but now I think my ability to to do that on a larger church level, you know, it's still really easy for me in between services on a Sunday to just kind of go to my people and and not to be as, you know, community focused with, with everyone. And so um, those are, yeah, I'd say those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, well, first, I mean, I want to say thank you for sharing that. You know, I think uh, one to to give that challenging mission Sunday to to challenge us as a church to move into the area of discomfort, um, to remind us that it's what Jesus calls us to do. And I think what people don't see is how much you yourself really wrestle with this. And and you know, great intentions is a great place to start. <laughs> you know, that's not a that's not a negative. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's a part that you don't talk about it as much. And people might not see, but, you know, I have the privilege of seeing and to say like, hey, what, what Brandon's preaching on Sunday, like every day you're wrestling through that. And, and I really value and appreciate and why I feel you're, you know, you're qualified to give these messages and to be a catalyst for our church in this area. Mm, so, yeah, I just want to kind of throw that out there. Um, I think for me, you know, I think what's kind of interesting, I think we're different on that, right? Like we've talked about it you know i think the community part the people part um you know more on the extroverted side i genuinely enjoy being around people what's that like (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean i get here sunday and i love combing the aisles Mm. chatting with people catching up but i realize that's so easy for me to rely on just my personality Mm to feel that that in and of itself is enough 
to shepherd, to lead. If I just love people and encourage them and, you know, like that's enough. And I think what God has been challenging me is like, that's not all of being a leader. Mm. You know, that's not, that's part of shepherding. That's not all of it. Right. And I think that's the part of stepping into, you know, the roles of maybe giving the difficult message, maybe having a conversation about discipline, about sin, about holiness, righteousness. So, Mm. you know, those are the things, um, you know, to really trust, hey, I'm going to go up and say some things or I'm going to have this conversation. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't work, you know, this this could go back (laughs) and to to kind of to live in those moments more and be okay with it. Um, so that's the kind of the ironies I hear you share. On <laughs> one hand, I'm on the other end, but there's also this comfort mm. and even a selfishness for me um, that's that's built in there of like, if I can just operate this way. And you've really challenged me with that. Mm. If I can just operate in this way and I can just be comfortable and make people smile and mm. you know, I love them, they love me, you know, retire when I'm 70, like we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. But you know, this, this, this reality of that's not all, you know, there's more to it and being able to trust and, and lean into that mm. to be uncomfortable, to be okay with persecution, to be okay with people not liking me, yeah. criticizing me for whatever reason, you know, and Jesus is our example, right? The life he lived, life he invites us to, um, not only just being okay with it, but embracing that knowing that if i follow him and obey it's gonna come so i think that's the part feeling that and you know i think we also talked about too just the being okay with being boring being okay with being seen as the religious one whatever it is you know i think for for a long time i tried to avoid that subconsciously and you know wanting to be spiritual but wanting to be liked and relevant and cool in whatever way that looks and and just being okay with whatever jesus whoever jesus calls me to be nothing more nothing less yeah and in that part um maybe it's because i'm gonna turn 40 this year (laughs) you know maybe it all comes all comes together (laughs) but looking forward to that you know so while there's a fear in it there's also this excitement of like excitement and kind of a little bit of regret of like I wish I did it sooner. Mm. You know, like what would have been like if I would have trusted earlier and really yeah. took that leap of faith and, and stepped into who God is calling me to be, who he created me to be. Um, so both, yeah, there's like a, a nervousness, but there's also an excitement now of, you know, I think it opens up a whole another arena in terms of what God has in store. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we're not that old, man. We got plenty of time. <laughs> For sure, I'm not running till I'm 60, though. When you said that, I was like, I just want to walk without a limp when I'm 60. <laughs> I've I've met a couple guys out on runs. You know, there are people who you come across every once in a while, and they assure me that it's possible. But I mean, I seriously <laughs> admire anyone who's still doing anything at 60. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh man, so. Kind of shifting a little bit um, from the personal and one last question as we kind of wrap it up, but, um, you know, you didn't really say much and I think you're opening up the series, but as you kind of think about as our church begins to lean into this, you know, our individuals one by one, ourselves as leaders, we begin to step into this to embrace this discomfort 
and God begins to move, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, none of us are God. We don't know. What do you see? Mm. What do you like to see? And this isn't painting any expectations. This isn't, if it doesn't happen, hey, we trust that God has something better in store. But just kind of in, in your mind, you know, where does God take us? What, what does it look like? What are some glimpses of what that could look like? You know, for a long time, when I when I thought about that, I think going along with just kind of just this emphasis on kind of a very crowd-pleasing version of faith, like when I thought about that, what excited me was like a lot of people and just awesome you know sounding worship and man maybe we'll be in a new building with a cool campus you know and we've we've joked about that but it was all very like surfacey stuff and I thought man wouldn't that be great if we were a cool church and uh, again just this process of I think God kind of pruning and challenging me is I've come to realize that I mean, if that happens, I mean, if we grow, that's great. Obviously, I'm not opposed to, to growing. I'm very not opposed to not being in this building anymore. <laughs> but I, I do think the things that excite me most are, I guess, I guess just kind of the smaller things happening in people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's hard to describe that, you know, kind of what it looks like. I do think like a church that's that's really engaged in in what we're doing that's a word that we talk about a lot Mm -hmm. and i think in a lot of ways engaged is kind of the opposite of complacent when it comes to faith right and and that really cares you know and you know when we have you know a cbc academy there's not 40 people there there's 150 you know like that most of the people who go to our church are investing in that and that you know we have you know, a much richer kind of picture of, of lay leadership, you know, of people who have kind of committed their time and their gifts and their resources to, you know, helping to improve our, our you know, our missions, our local missions and our outreach and um, kind of creating, you know, a, an environment here. And so, yeah, I, and I think, you know, honestly, like that's, kind of what we're trying to figure out right now is mm-hmm. is if we if we go this route and we do it well like what do we actually want to see happen and yeah I, I think I don't know we we said we were going to talk about this later but <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that's coming up on the horizon for me is I'm taking a sabbatical in a month and going to spend the summer really processing through that exact question. Um, if you didn't know that, I'm going on a sabbatical. <laughs> there now you go. Now you know. Yeah, now you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I first planned on doing this, the, the biggest reason was rest. I, I was feeling a little burnt out. But the closer I get to it, the thing I'm most excited about is exploring that exact question, is what does that mean for us? Um, and, and how do we get there? You know, and so one of the things that I... I'm really looking forward to doing is just visiting other churches and not really trying to find something to copy, but just trying to get a sense of um, what does vibrancy look like for a church of our size 
you know, I think one of the problems for me in envisioning a, a church in the future is, you know, when I have time off or when I have time to go to a, like a Sunday night service or a Saturday night service, I'm just going to these gigantic mega churches because, you know, they have Saturday night services and Sunday <laughs> night services, you know, like that's, that's just what the options are. And so again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to knock, you know, Rock Harbor or Mariners. I, I love those churches, but it's just a different thing than we're doing. And so to explore churches that are more similar to us, more similar demographic, more similar size, and just kind of begin to see like, what kind of good things is God doing? And, you know, what, the, what can that mean for us? And so that's a real cop-out answer. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, it's, it's less and less for me. And, and I'm glad this is the case, you know, the, the cool church stuff. And it's, and it's just, what does a church look like where people really care about Jesus and really, really are living their faith, you know, Monday through Saturday. And if that's happening, how does that carry over into Sunday mm. and what a Sunday feels like? What does worship feel like when you've spent your whole week worshiping? What does community feel like when you've spent your whole week just loving people what could we do in terms of outreach and missions on a Sunday when that's what you're trying to do Monday through Friday? You know, if that's happening and then we come together and, and we kind of just all exponentially, you know, compound what, what we're all doing separately, that's cool. And I just I just don't know what that looks like. And so um, but that's that's the idea that as everyone engages more that. Sunday starts to look different and what we can do outside of Sunday starts to look different too. And so that's my, my biggest hope is that, that people just slowly begin to move in that direction. Thanks for sharing that. And it's not a cop out because I think, and we've talked about it before. Um, it's hard to know what that looks like, especially if we, you know, beginning with us as leaders, if, if we've operated, mainly in this area of comfort and kind of envisioned a future where, you know, we're, we're thriving out of our comfort zones. Mm -hmm. It's easier to paint a picture in that way, but now as we're beginning to shift our thinking and saying, but this isn't what God is calling us to, to just be comfortable, you yeah. know, as he's beginning to stretch us and challenge us and move us, even us individually into areas where we're uncomfortable in ways we didn't even anticipate. And then we begin to kind of, multiply that and say as our church begins to move into that direction um you know i think i think there is this exciting kind of mystery component to it too that will begin to clarify itself but kind of where we're at now you know i think to, to what you described and to say yeah we we, we want to see the hearts engaged and and passionate and changing but what that actually looks like mm -hmm. you know i think it's okay to not know right now. Yeah. You know, and I think it'd be, I don't know, even if we had a very clear picture, I don't know how accurate it would be in right. light of kind of where we're at. So, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that with kind of an open honesty of like, I think it's this. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was there anything else you want to kind of add before we end this show? Um, you know, the one thing that just came to my mind, I don't, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I realize, you know, that well, probably the biggest impact on my life in, in this area has been 
actually my best friend Josh, who doesn't go to CBC. And like literally right now, him and his wife are um, closing on a laundromat. And um, he quit his job at a church uh, almost two years ago to begin to explore this idea of him and his wife and their family buying a laundromat, owning a laundromat, running a laundromat with the express purpose of um, being being a light to the to their community mm-hmm. and trying to go into kind of a more urban area, um, create resources for families and, and just just love people. And, um, you know, that's just this ultimate picture of discomfort. When I think about that, when he first told me he wanted to do this, I thought he was crazy. <laughs> um but I, I do think maybe it just popped in my mind because it's, it's a cool picture of this. And I don't think God is calling me to that and probably isn't calling, you know, most people to that. But I do think just kind of this openness and willingness to like just completely take risks and, and do crazy things and be open to what you think God might want you to do and to take financial risks, take risks for your family. Um you know, it's, I think the more we pay attention to what people are doing and the more we allow ourselves not to just cast it aside as, as foolishness or as like, oh, well, you know, they're those kind of Christians, you know, the, every time we do that and we label things as, you know, just kind of like, that's not wise or, you know, I think we kind of affirm this idea in our minds that, that, well, that's not what God wants. And, Again, I'm not saying for sure that God 100% wants that. I think he does want that for, mm-hmm. for my friend. But I think the more I've allowed myself to say, man, I wouldn't do that, but that's awesome. Look mm-hmm. at that, man. I hope God calls me to my version of that mm-hmm. um, has been really important for me. And I think, yeah, just that side of things, right? Like how we look at stuff that other people are doing and just the way – we process through that and our attitudes towards, you know, again, like things that are foolish to this world. That's big. And so that, I, I guess that just came to mind is it just this whole, whole, we, whole way we look at our lives and look at other people's lives that, that has to change. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting for me right now. And I know for a lot of people it's not, but um, I think being open to that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's an awesome picture. Uh, with Josh and what they're doing and, and, and what could happen when we are open to whatever it is that God calls us to do, no matter how difficult and uncomfortable it may be. So, yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts today, for clarifying, for expanding on on the message Sunday, but also sharing your heart and, and giving us a deeper insight into your life. So appreciate you being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.